0: This episode of That Does Suit Madam is brought to you by Firm You Up Fat Fighter Control Corset. Improve your figure with Firm You Up Fat Fighter Control Corset.
1: Mr. Brandon, are you free? I'm free!
2: pom 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 and pom pom and haberdashery, okay. Kemな- First floor, two hats, underwear Material, soft, hey I'm Jeff and I'm Brandon and this is that Does Suit Madam a podcast about are you being served How you doing
1: hey listeners we have a day special 80- surprise we do have a special surprise today on day 89 of quarantine <laughs> uh, We're joined by super fan <laughs> Heidi today hey, Hello Heidi
0: Hi. Woo-hoo. So
2: hello, um, hello. We flew Heidi out to our um, that does suit madam compound in northern Mississippi, where our, co- our it's the adjacent like conference room where our call center is for the Peacock Hotline. So um, <laughs> welcome to the show, Heidi. It's first time we ever had an outsider on. So well,
0: thank you for having me.
2: Yeah. So we I'm found Heidi on our Facebook page, and she was commenting and chatting and leaving us voicemails and all that kind of stuff. And um, she was the one. Heidi was the one who suggested um, <laughs> the name for the the um, the fans of the show, the listeners of the podcast, to be called "quote the unanimous." Yes. and it's it's so far almost winning on the on the on the um, the poll. I think there's like. 20 minutes left or something. But anyway, I think you're going to be the yeah, winner. So by,
1: so by the time you hear this, you know, the name's going to be decided. So hello, unanimous.
2: Hello. Unanimous. Yay. <laughs> Yay. So, um, so anyway, uh, we just wanted to have you kind of hop on the show and, um, you, you were, we did some chatting and stuff before we kind of got on the podcast uh, and you seemed cool as shit. And we'd love to kind oh, of know, you. like you're welcome. Um, So, tell us about, are you being served? Like, Jeff and I yammer on every day about it. Like, what does that mean to you? Like, tell us about how you got into it. Anything. That'd be cool.
0: Um, well, I actually just kind of, like, a lot of stuff that I enjoy in my life, I just kind of randomly found it. Mm -hmm. Um, probably, oh, goodness, it's been almost 30 years now. Um, it was just on, you know, PBS. Mm -hmm. Totally, PBS, Yeah, yeah. I was a single mom at a time. Didn't have a lot of money, so I didn't have cable or anything. So, like, that was kind of my go-to show, especially on the weekends. And yeah. um, it's always kind of stuck. We kind of got my family into it. <laughs> um, my daughter, I think I told you when she was little, she liked to sit with me and watch Captain Peepick. So Captain Peepick. I know nice. Captain Peepick. So That's it, totally it's, going in the it's kind on of on a way, family.
2: Captain
0: so it's always just kind of been very much part of me um and now i mean like if i'm having a horrible day you know absolutely craptastic day or something and i can't sleep it's like i just put it on my ipod on youtube and i just kind of listen to that because it's familiar to me it makes me happy and you know i'll wait till my battery dies in my ipod you know (laughs) it's your
2: bedtime story it is it really is yes And it's comforting, too, because like I remember when I was a kid, I would it would come on at 10 o'clock every weekday night on uh, AETN, which is the Arkansas Educational Television Network, APBS, and I would um, record it. But I would just like tidy up my room or like do whatever you do when you're like 13 playing (laughs) like in my little cave of 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 my room, like when you're a kid, you know, that's your world, your room and i would just listen to it and now as an adult like i know the the, the words and the cadence and like where the laugh track is and stuff yep. you don't realize oh, how absolutely. Like, it's in your brain man and it's comforting you know
0: it is and it's nice cuz i'm one of those people it's like it takes me forever to get to sleep because my brain doesn't shut off yeah. but mm-hmm. if i can listen to that then i don't have to think about anything the world is right it's all good <laughs> Yeah, and you were
2: telling me before that you were really into um, British comedies in general. And like, um, what do you think, because one of the things that fascinates me about the show are being served is how different they are, yet they are very similar to Americans and like the cultures and stuff. But what mm-hmm. do you, and I know this is like a giant question, but, you know, you were the interviewer's chair. Um, <laughs> why do you think... Like, what is it about British comedy? Like, which I think, are you being served as, like, the most British of comedies, for me, anyway? And um, I guess I'll throw that to you, Jeff, after that, too. Like, it'd be cool to contrast you guys.
0: You know, I'm not really sure. I think, I don't know if it's the humor. I don't know if it's... I'm kind of an Anglophile a little bit. Mm. You know, like, I love... Agatha Christie is my favorite author. You Mm -hmm. know, I've just... I don't know. It's just, like, the whole... It's kind of the same, but it's a different world at the same time, if that makes sense.
1: Yep. So, yeah. So I mean, I think, I think for me, one of the reasons why I was attracted to the show, I, I discovered it in my very early teens. And I think there, you know, when you're at that part of your life, you're, you're looking to form your identity. You're looking to figure out what makes you different. And, and finding all of the things that are English and British, uh, it seemed unique to me. And uh, the uh, all of the my other peers, this isn't something that they were fanning over, you know, while all the kids in my class were going crazy over new kids on the block. I was, (laughs) you know, reading Adrian Mole and watching, are Are you being served and all of that? So I think it's, you know, some of us as teenagers were seeking out the things that we think make us unique and then grounding ourselves with the community of, oh, you like this unique thing, too. You must be cool then.
2: Oh, that's an yes. interesting point, because you're very right, Jeff, because when I was a kid, if, if everyone liked something, and I'm kind of like this today, um, if everyone is on the bandwagon for something, I don't really like it, because I'm like, that's, I don't want to be like everyone else. Maybe that was a bit of it, too. I never thought about
0: that. Yeah. I catch myself, like, if I do like something everybody else likes, then it's like, well, it doesn't seem right to me.
3: <laughs> interesting. Like,
0: okay, like, and yeah, I, whether it's books, shows, or something, it's like, I I kind of like you guys, just, I like the, I don't even know how to put it, like, it's something our own, even though I'm sure thousands of people have seen it, you know, thousands, hundreds, whatever, but... It's ours.
2: And it's special. And like, we are special people because no one else, like, I'm sure you guys have been in the situation when you're like, oh my God, my favorite, uh, show is already being served. And they're like, what the hell's that? I'm, (laughs) do you want to serve, (laughs) serve me drinks? I don't understand. And then you say, hold on a minute. Do you remember, like, way back in the day, like, on PBS late at night, there'd be this crazy show from England in the 70s with a woman with purple hair who was talking yep. about her pussy, and then the gay guy who's <laughs> always free. And when you say that, they're like, Oh.
0: oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah.
2: yeah. Which is so cool about the podcast because, like, all of these goofy, uh, myself included, like, people who are, like, kind of like little different stuff. And, you know, like, now we can all get together and we're like, one of us, one of us, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so,
1: so, uh, so, Heidi, I think of myself as a Mrs. Slocum with a Mr. Humphreys rising. Um, do you identify <laughs> with any of the characters?
0: Um, Good question. I would say a little bit of Mrs. Slocum. But I see... When <laughs> the, my great-grandmother and my grandmother were very Mrs. Slocum-like, uh, in a lot of Aztec- aspects.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, like, my great-grandmother in little tiny Red Oak, Iowa, scandalized the town by being one of the first women to ever wear pants.
2: Oh, shit. I love that. Oh, and, wow.
0: And so, we just kind of did our own thing. You know, whether, in fact, my great-grandmother, when my parents got married, uh, accidentally dyed her hair purple <laughs> the day before the wedding. Very so it's like, I just kind of, I, I see that. She's got that that Spark, like, she can I don't want to say she says she knows her place, but in the same side, she's ready to get out there, and it's just like, I'll dress up like Santa Claus if I have to, you know, that kind of a oh, thing. Oh,
2: well, wow, she sounds like a really cool gal.
0: Yeah, so it's like, and that's how Mrs. Silcombe is. Like, yeah. in some of the episodes, she's like, all about, you know, I want to do this because I have the right as a woman to do this now, so, you know. And she'll be the one to, thing. like,
2: tackle and, and knock out the, the boxer in the ring when no one else will exactly. do it, right? <laughs> Exactly, nice.
0: I know. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So, it, and I just I just kind of kind of like that, too. It's like I might not be, like, the one to be in charge of a situation at the time, but if nobody else is going to do it, it's like, fine. All right, here we go. Let's do this. I love that. That's so cool. So, and, of course, I, I identify yeah. with
2: Mr. Humphreys, of course. But, you know, like, as I've gotten older, like, I've kind of almost shifted to Mrs. Locom just because – she realizes that okay, I'm a woman in the '70s, and the world thinks I have a certain position in life, and uh, these are my expectations. But hell, I can like make. She's like a single woman, right, doing her own thing, mm-hmm. and she's you know as on behalf of the ladies, and she'll and I am unanimous in that she doesn't take <laughs> shit from anybody. So she's like your grand, your great grandma. That was so cool. I love that.
0: Oh yeah, that little story. Yeah. So your there's just a who- long line of sass. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it definitely sounds like your great-grandmother wouldn't care when she was on the continent, so that's...
0: No, (laughs) probably not. Oh,
2: God. So um, one of the things that would be cool is we all kind of gravitate towards um, like our favorite episode, or not even like an episode, just like scenes. You know, for me, it's like the scene with um, the, the Christmas episode. There were several, I think, but the one where they all got in like costumes and Mrs. Yes. costumes.
3: yes, yeah, and like yeah. Mrs.
2: Slocum's dressed up as Peter Pan, and then she says she's got like a bow and arrow and like a quiver of arrows on her back, and she says something like, "It's rather drafty round the quiver," and it was like <laughs> the perfect <laughs> rhyme, and it was so cool. And I thought like that's an amazing episode to me. So we would love to know like what scene of, from an episode or just a, your favorite episode that sticks out in your head.
0: Um, one of my favorites is German Week.
2: Of course, oh, perfect one.
0: And I think out of that episode, when Mrs. Slocum is completely loaded, and Mr. (laughs) Rumbled comes out, and she says, "Twiddle his knob, somebody is out of focus." (laughs) I lose it every time.
2: I can lose Um, it just thinking of her like being drunk, or Mr. Mash like (laughs) washing mannequins. But that's a whole other thing. (laughs) Um, Yeah. What about you, Jeff?
1: So i I'm also pretty partial to uh, to German week, but I do think my overall favorite has to be in season six. Do you take this man where Mrs. Slocum is engaged to Mr. Metaxas? Yes yeah I, I think that's I think that's I think that's one of my favorites just because you get you get to see uh, the Greek culture being brought in and it's done in a semi-respectful way until she decides to call him a Dago bastard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and then you also get the American uncle uh, in there who tries really hard to do the American accent, but he you know, fails a couple of times. Um, but we get, uh, we get a couple of uh, really good laughs in that episode all the way through. Um, and so I, I think that's got to be my overall favorite.
0: I think I'm very fascinated with that episode because as much as the whole department is always almost at each other's throats all the time, that's her family. Yeah. In that episode, like, uh, you know, Captain Peacock was going to give her away. Miss Broms is going to be her bridesmaid. And I'm like, there wasn't even a Mrs. Axelby. It was like, that was her family right there. Oh, yeah. Where was Mrs.
1: Axelby? She should have been don't the owner. Oh, I don't know.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Maybe she was at that bar where she's always, where exactly is that pub? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so something I always am, am very aware of is, you know, like like the last episode we, have, we had when, um, you know, the protests were going very strong and they're still going right now and Black Lives Matter. And Jeff and I were kind of like, should we record, should we not? We, we went ahead and recorded the episode because... Whenever we talk about an episode of the of the of the episodes of um, *Are You Being Served*, we always want to know about the the context of the times, and and a lot of mm-hmm. times that will kind of help explain jokes and the context of just the in general the, the episode. And something that I am always aware of is the sexism. Oh my god! So of mm-hmm. course, like Jeff and I are two gay dudes, and you know, um, if you would like to speak on behalf of the fifty-two of women on the planet Um, (laughs) (laughs) no pressure Um, I would love to hear like does it irk you like does it like when they do the 1973 74 stuff is it just like "Ah, it's a sign of the times or like last episode or maybe the two episodes before I kind of posited that maybe it was a way for the writers and the actors and maybe even the BBC to sort of maybe be slightly to dip a toe in the water, progressive and like yeah. make yeah. fun of the like old fuddy duddies and stuff. So I'd love to see if like you have a thought on that. Um, I,
0: I, I think I, I find it fascinating just to see like where we were in the world then compared to now. Yeah. And again, I I grew up with these women that's like, you know, take charge, and not bossy, just like, this is what we're going to do, end of discussion, you know, don't...
2: People who know how to get things done.
0: Right, and and they did, and even, like, um, I remember my grandma telling me she was trying to take a job working in a kitchen at a hospital, and the guy looked at her and was like, I don't think you can do this job, you look kind of small, and she's like, dynamite comes in small packages.
2: That That was the end of the conversation. Wow.
0: So, yeah, so she's like, so that's how I grew up so it's kind of fascinating me to see this like well this is kind of how the other part of the world lived that makes sense
3: yeah yeah you
0: know and it's like I guess I was very fortunate in that regards to to have strong women like that where which is why I think I like Mrs. Slocum so much totally totally (laughs) so
2: yeah but you know and I see that yeah, as I've gotten older, it's kind of turned into, like, the Mr. Humphreys Mrs. Slocum show. Like, I just want them on the screen at this point, basically,
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> you know.
2: But we're getting, we're getting deeper into the, like, this is, what, the last episode we're on? This uh, is the, yeah, this is the last episode of season two. two. So, we, you know, the character development and stuff. And then, like, I, I'm sure I'll, like, have some love come back for, like, Captain Peacock and, you know, all of that stuff. But, um, and you mentioned that your your family loves the show, too. Like, are they, like, do they watch it with you?
0: um well we all kind of live pretty far apart from each other Mm. but like anytime like my brother gets but either one of my brothers get a chance they're you know watching it on youtube or whatever but when we get together and i think i told you this it's like we could have conversations of just the quotes from the show yep (laughs) and we know what we're talking about everybody else thinks we're insane but we know (laughs) what we're talking about and it's it's just been fun and now you know my daughter, she's almost thirty now, but you know my brother's kids are getting old enough that they can kind of watch it a little bit. So now they're kind of picking up on the one-liners and the quotes. That's so cool. And I all know, those and it's just jokes so make fun sense now. Yeah. Yes, it does. Yes.
2: <laughs> so my, I mentioned before my friend Jimmy um, back in my hometown. Like, uh, and I think maybe I think this like the the extra guest person. I think it's really cool. So maybe we'll get Jimmy on the on the show. But like Jimmy and I will. Like, speak only in are you being served quotes. <laughs> I know it's, like, super nerdy, but I don't know. Maybe we should ne- What would that language be called? Like, servees? I don't, know. I don't Humphreys. know. Humphreys. 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 Oh, I like it. <laughs> I wish I could have followed with that.
1: Um, right. Lots of fun. So, so, so Heidi, we're um, we're going to kick back and talk about this last episode of season two. Okay. Uh, and would you like to join us and throw in your thoughts?
0: Sure. Why not? Great. So yeah. I,
1: I guess to make
2: it official, um, Heidi, are you free? I'm free. Excellent. Yay. It Yay. That's awesome. Okay. So let's go to the show. This is um, the episode Hurrah for the Holidays. Not hooray. Nay. It's hurrah. Um, so this was premiering back on the 11th day of October. No. 11th day of April. 1974. And Jeff, would you take us back in the time machine and let us know what was going on that week that it premiered?
1: Sure. So that week in the news, um, Patty Hearst. Who was a um, kidnapping victim of the Sibyanese Liberation Army? Uh, She robbed the Hibernia Bank in San Francisco. So, if you have a picture in your head of Patty Hearst in the trench coat and the gun, that's what was going on.
2: And that Hearst name is the one, is the family that owns like all of the super fancy magazines,
1: right? All Mm -hmm. the magazines, yeah. The magazine heiress, yeah. Um, Golda Meir uh, resigned as the prime minister of Israel. And uh, the Troubles in Northern Ireland claimed its thousandth victim. Um, over 30 years of fighting in Northern Ireland, about 3,500 people died. Uh, so, yeah, so you know, quite a solemn time. Uh, almost a little similar to what we're going to in terms of uh, uh, Troubles in, in our country. But uh, they turned the corner and looks like we may be turning a corner as well. So, um, as we said last week, Black Lives Matter. And wash uh, your
2: hands and use a mask.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So um, we start the episode uh, and we see a customer coming in to get his made-to-measure suit. And it's actually Mr. Lucas's customer, uh, which is quite surprising. A rare thing, um, indeed. <laughs> right, because he's you know third in line. Uh, he's reading a book and throws it in the drawer and then goes to attend uh, to the customer uh, he asks uh, Mr. Humphreys if he feels the touch of spring in the air this morning, to which Mr. Humphreys says, oh, I did feel a bit frisky at half past seven this morning, but it was a
2: complete waste of time. Poor Mr. Humphreys. Yes. <laughs> I was a bridesmaid, never a bride. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and
1: um, Mrs. Slocum is showing her holiday photos in Ajaxi, which, despite my best research, I couldn't find if it's a real place or not. Um, and so Miss Brom starts telling a story about how her friend got her bottom pinch there. And, uh, Mrs. <laughs> Slocum, nor, neither Mrs. Slocum nor her friend, Mrs. Elthrop got there No, that was so interesting. Was
2: it was not Mrs. Axelby. That. I wonder if Mrs. I- I noticed that too. <laughs> got, like, maybe they had, like, a, like, a big fight. And now she had to, like, her new friend is Mrs. Axleby. So that's a little bit of a scandal there, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know if we've met Mrs. Axelby yet. I don't that might think be something. So. Yeah, I think that she gets introduced a little later on, and you know maybe you know Axelby is also a funnier sounding name because it's got that K sound in it. Oh yeah yeah. You yeah. Know, K's P's and T's mm-hmm. are inherently funnier, so I think the writers like just finally hit on a last name that
2: stuck. That name and, makes me um, absolutely apoplectic. <laughs> 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 Thank you. There you go. Um, um, and then she was saying, I love that. She was like, I want to go to Tunisia. I'm picturing a beach. And then, and then, um, Captain Peacock walks over and like, Oh, hello ladies looking at naughty postcards. And she's like, <laughs> Oh, I'm just looking at my summer holiday photos. And, um, and then miss, miss, um, uh, what's the name? Um, brain fart. Miss Brahms? Miss Brahms, hello, sorry. Uh, Miss Brahms was like, oh, show him your, pa- pa- show him your photo and bikini, Miss Slocum. And then, of course, she does. And then uh, <laughs> Captain Peacock is like, what does he say? What does he, um...
1: Oh, yeah, and he's just laughing, like, chuckling in his peacock way. <laughs> oh, yes.
2: <laughs>
1: and then she lets out with, I just don't care when I'm on the continent. I know. And, uh, no, you
2: don't, job, do you. you don't By Jove, you don't. By Jove, you don't. I love it. <laughs> And then she's then he says, no, I don't really understand the joke, although I think I may. It's rather rude where he says, I didn't know you could hold two ice cream cones while doing a somersault.
1: I don't think that's rude. I think he just had the photograph upside down. Um, I think he did. Yeah. Because then he
0: says that he thought that the sky was rather overcast. Right, because that would have been the sand,
1: what do you thought the sky was.
2: I thought it, I thought it was referencing Mrs. Slocum's gravity or something. I don't know. Well, well no, that could k- be
1: too. <laughs> no, because, well, no, there was the joke where she said, this was taken at the ice cream parlor and i just come out.
2: Oh. Yes. <laughs>
1: and, and he goes, oh, yes, you have. And, you know, referring to probably her buxom bosom spilling over the top of the bikini.
2: Or I wonder if that means, like, when you're on the continent and if you just don't care, I wonder if that means she was topless. Do, do people the do ladies in the '70s oh, maybe. go topless in the continent i don 't know
1: well if she didn 't wanted to you know walk around in her birthday suit on the Isle of Levant later on <laughs> i 'm not sure that she would go i don 't remember um, that one topless we 'll yeah. have to
2: cover that on the episode <laughs> um,
1: yeah, so yeah. Mr. Mash interrupts the little photo party by blowing a raspberry to get captain peacock 's attention. Um, and he says he's come to stick this, gesturing with a plug, up uh, Mrs. Slocum's corset. <laughs> so stupid.
2: <laughs> Maybe it's just Mr. A... Mash I just think is so funny because he can do anything and I just get, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Oh. Um, and so uh, we get um, the sponsor for our show. Uh, we get the Firm You Up Fat Fighter corset which starts to inflate and deflate, showing the the course, is stretched.
2: And then I um, love the, the sound effect is like... With the Wah. sound
1: of... Event- oh, it's like an accordion, It's just wheezing. So um, gross. And then Mr. Uh, Captain Peacock tries to improve it by holding the belly flat. The breasts inflate. His eyes pop out of his head. <laughs> audience breaks into raucous laughter. Great, great sight gag. Take it away, Mr. Mash. Take it away.
2: Yeah, it's one of those fabulous, horrible, stupid, funny, point-of-display units. But Classic. Uh, yeah. So I We'd think like
1: to thank the lovely people at You Fat yes. uh, fighter corsets and uh, their views expressed by Brandon do not necessarily <laughs> express the views <laughs> of the are, are, are you, uh, That Does Suit Madam podcast.
2: Yes, thank you, thank you um, uh, corset company, for flying Heidi all the way to northern Mississippi, jo- Jeff and I from New York. So we can have this three-way uh, episode. So that was very nice. Absolutely. Yes, indeed.
1: So we cut back to the major to measure customer, and unfortunately it looks like Mr. Lucas got the measurements wrong because the suit does not fit. It's too tight in the waist. Uh, the rise is too short. He can't close the fly. We get a great little sight gag with the actor, you know, reacting to the fly, almost getting caught. Um and the one thing that I could not take my eye off of in this entire scene is just how big the actor's head is, who uh, was the made-to-measure customer. It's just—it's. I don't know if he was wearing a prosthetic on top of a bald cap or something, but his head is just so misshapenly big. It almost drew me away from the comedy that was going. On.
2: You know, I think he had like that '70s, like mid '70s hair, where he had gone bald, but you grow the little hair that you have really big you know like mr Humphreys has like this big bald spot but he has this big fluff of hair and it just makes everything look really big i don't know
1: yeah yeah i know I, I was trying to look it out i was trying to figure it out because on his forehead it looks like there's a piece where you could see like the bald cap coming down it just wasn't matched properly oh. but they can, that could also be a wrinkle in his forehead because this is before the time of botox and people aged poorly back life then, has so. changed mm-hmm. quite a lot so, we don't know.
2: I love the fact that the, the customer is, like, so polite, though. He's, like, um, basically being manhandled by the these three guys. And I love how they kind of, like, walk around him, like, thinking, hmm, hmm, er, almost how like... How do we say this and not offend the customer? Almost like buzzards circling, like, yep. an old cow. <laughs> just thinking that. Right? <laughs> and he's so patient, and he's like... Uh, oh, it'll be ready next week, and like he's basically like in a pretzel, and he's I, like, "I shall look forward to that." I shall look forward to that. Thank you
0: very much.
2: You know, like this guy. Gosh,
0: I did wonder if he ever got that sleeve sewed back on. Oh, uh, he was so sad. I know. Pulled his shirt sleeve off.
2: That Mister Granger, you don't want to get in a fight with him. He will like rip your arm off, man.
1: <laughs> Almost did. Qu- quite
2: literally, yeah.
1: <laughs> Hi- Heidi, have you ever got? Have you ever gotten? Um... Uh, any experience with anyone in a department store that reminds you of the counter staff at Grace Brothers?
0: Oh,
2: wow. Good question.
0: That is a good question. You know, I'm not really sure, but I do vividly remember uh, being in a department store and I was trying clothes on and they were throwing things over the door. So by the (laughs) time I was done, I was literally standing in a pile of clothes. And it's like, well, okay, (laughs) but, but no, I think, I think wherever you go, you're going to find some form of these characters out there. Aggressive
1: salesmanship.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yes. Ugh, I don't like that. I'm like, leave me alone, please. Thank you.
0: I did have one that, uh, I was trying something on. It didn't fit. And as I was trying to change out of it, she pulled the curtain back and she goes, How's it working for you? And I'm like, I'm standing there in not a whole lot in front of an entire store. Whoa. So that always reminded me of Mrs. Slocum walking in on that guy and saying she saw a naked man in his underpants.
1: <laughs> the scandal. <laughs> oh yes. My God. Absolute scandal. <laughs> Jeez. Um, so Mr. Rumbold calls everyone out to the floor to make an announcement that um, the store is being redecorated. Uh, and they're going to have to take their holiday during the first two weeks of August. And then they start off complaining how it doesn't fit in with their plans. Um, Mr. Granger won't be able to go to Littlehampton, which, unlike uh, Ajaxi, is a real place. Uh, it's about two hours south of London on the seaside, uh, about 20 miles west of Brighton, quite near Bogner Regis, which we've um, mentioned on this episode. I don't this remember what it is, though. Yeah, I don't remember really oh, what no, I remember. we talked about it.
2: Wasn't it where they had to send... Something off to get adjustments, like in measurements or something? Oh, we send it down to Bogner Regis, only the best. No? Uh, Maybe doesn't not. sound quite right, I don't know. Bogner Regis sounds uh, like a type of wine.
1: I mean, I, it's someplace <laughs> near where um, the, the, the occupation, or the um, when they stormed Normandy Beach, that's where the boats took off from. Oh, wow. So maybe mm. it was in Camping Inn when they were, you know, telling World War II oh, stories. Oh, that's probably it. That good could job. job. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mr. Humphreys won't be able to go to the Isle of Capri, which is a small, tiny island um, off the coast of Italy near Naples. Uh, and Captain Peacock had planned his uh, holiday in the Isle of Levant, which is um, on southern France, right smack halfway in between Nice and Marseille. And it is a real place. It is indeed a nudist camp. Captain and, Peacock. Um, we see Mr. Humphrey's eyes light up. That wasn't you
0: sawing down that tree in the last month's health and <laughs> efficiency, was it? Um, the not, look on uh, his face when he responds.
1: D- most certainly not. <laughs> um, that was a real magazine that did focus on the nudist lifestyle. But, you know, if you think, you know, back in the era, uh, that was uh, kind of a, 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 a way to rival with, like, the playboys that were marketed to straight guys. You know, that... Um, they, they would, you know, uh, gay guys who were in the closet who wouldn't be able to. Well, th- there was no pornography at that time, but yeah. this is how they'd, you know, be able to get something visually stimulating by looking at a quote-unquote health. Hey magazine. Jeff,
2: could you grab one of those ice cream cones outside on your street um, <laughs> just for a second? <laughs> but remember, a couple episodes, folks, we mentioned that uh, when it's summertime in New York, you hear like <laughs> the little jingle, and that was it. So there you go.
1: <laughs> that was nice. Mr. Softy nice. right
2: outside Mr. Softy. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yay.
1: Um, so, so Mr. Granger Captain is Peacock is a nudist,
2: we learn, basically.
1: We, we learn, right, that the Peacocks are nudists. Oh it's gosh. there in his name. It's been staring you face all along. <laughs> if you didn't pick it up. <laughs> um, and so Mr. Granger's talking about that uh, the landlady, uh, Mrs. Featherstone, won't be able to squeeze him in. And so when I saw the name come up on captions, I was a little confused because I know that there is a- another name, another surname in England that is spelled almost like Featherston, but if you add on H A U G H to the end of it, it completely changes the pronunciation of the name and becomes Fanshaw. So you have like this 17 letter name that gets reduced to Fanshaw.
3: So
2: okay, so there's cool. Featherston, which is like Feather Stun S T O N. Okay. But then, and then you're if saying you add,
1: if you if you add H A-U-G-H, it doesn't become Featherston Haw. It becomes
2: Fanshawe. What?
0: Yep. Crazy. I don't know. Them crazy they say English they, they invented crazy it, names. but right.
2: I'm kind of wondering if that's misnomer. I don't know.
1: We originated the language. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So um, the, the store plans to give five pounds per head inconvenience money for the entire fortnight. The staff isn't having it. And uh, Mr. Captain Peacock says, there comes a time when any man who is a man must stand up to be
2: counted. To which Mr. One. Humphreys
1: replies, one. <laughs> one.
2: Quick question. Does anyone know the etymology, which is an expensive sounding word? Um, of the word fortnight why do the british people use the word fortnight we don't the last couple episodes ago we talked about the old decimalization pre old money like farthings and stuff and how their pound was based on 12 instead of 10 or something like that i want right. do jeff do you know what why fortnight i, which I is don't two weeks? know where
1: fortnight comes from no
2: yeah it's weird you got me listeners let us know 662 <laughs> peacock so hey, um, Heidi, um, Jeff yes. and I usually like to go have a tea break. The canteen is open. The manageress is there today. Would you like to join us?
0: I would be delighted.
2: What would? It's it's good to know what you want to get before you get down there, so you can yell your order and they can start making it because they're really slow. What do you think <laughs> you'll make, or what do you think you'll take?
0: Actually, uh, just a nice cup of tea sounds lovely Doesn't right that now.
2: Sounds. Oh, good.
1: okay. All right. So. I, I think we might have um you know, this is where we're gonna ask Heidi to pick sides. Oh. Um and Uh-oh. we're not gonna we're not gonna tell you our favorite brands of teas. But um Heidi, what is your favorite brand of tea?
0: Oh goodness.
2: You don't drink coffee, Good do questioned. you? Huh? You don't drink coffee, do you? I do <gasps> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for Heidi coming. We have to go (laughs) really quickly.
0: (laughs) I'm actually a big coffee drinker. Off with you, Heidi. Off the floor. But I love a good peppermint tea. Oh. Okay.
2: That sounds very Agatha Christie to me.
0: It does, doesn't it?
2: Yeah. Yeah. A nice little throw, you know.
0: Yes. A little and I.
2: Brandon
1: and I will reveal our favorite brands of tea right after the tea break.
2: All right. So hold on, folks. uh, The three of us are going to go down to the uh, canteen, which is somehow in northern Mississippi. Um, (laughs) So sit tight, uh, and we'll come right back. Hello, Unanimous. This is Mr. Brandon. And this is Mr. Jeff. Did you wake up this morning and think, how could I support my favorite podcast while also letting the world know that I'm a proud member of the Unanimous?
1: Does your morning coffee vessel leave you feeling neither one way nor
2: the other? Perhaps your smartphone cover fails to confirm your charm, personality, vitality, and youth.
1: Worry no more.
2: Visit our That Does Suit Madam
1: online bargain basement shop. They've just come in. You could buy your very own, that does suit madam, official tote bag. handbag? <laughs> <laughs> Or an official podcast sofa pillow, perfect for hiding your Paddington Bear. We sell a fashionable face mask and a celebrated coffee cup.
2: And of course, t-shirts. But don't worry, you'll find the sleeves right up with wear.
1: Support your favorite podcast with some That Doesn't Matter merch.
2: All at imfree.threadless.com
1: imfree.threadless.com and, and you've,
2: you've all, all done, done
1: very well. well. Uh, and we're back from our tea break, uh, where I had a lovely cup of uh, PG Tips made with two and a quarter turns of sugar. Uh, Brandon, how about you? I did a PG
2: Tip as well, although I do like a twining Earl gray, but I have the most delicious um, uh, toad in the hole, which was very good. And they had this really interesting kind of coffee, which they had to bring out. What did you have, uh, Heidi?
0: Well, I... Um... Had a really nice um, Brazilian from Belissimo Coffee Works.
2: No, where? Belissimo Coffee Works. Where is that yes. from? I've never heard of that
0: before. <clears throat> that is actually in Lamar's, Iowa.
2: Interesting. That's that's um, Belissimo Coffee Works in Lamar's, Iowa, folks.
0: Mm-hmm. Ding. Ding. A
1: real place, not like a Jaxi.
2: Yeah, <laughs> a real place. <laughs> so it, hello to the folks in Lamar's, Iowa. Um, we think you should name drinks after are being served characters. Okay, on with the show. (laughs) (laughs) So we
1: see Mrs. (laughs) Slocum selling uh, a hat to an Irish lady, and you know uh, she gives her the sell, but she's on to her and says, I'll take it just the same. Uh, Will you be after wrapping it up for me? So that weird verb construction there. Will you be after after wrapping it up for me? Yeah, after and then verb ing. Uh, It comes from Irish, the Irish grammar that's used to describe a recent event. They don't have a real tense for it. So they use the word tar-aish in there, which translates to the English word for after. Uh, It's the same word that's used in telling time. So if you're saying it's 20 after two, you use that same word. So just a real bit of Irish language uh, uh, in there for you. There's like a mushroom cloud
2: going off in my brain right now. (laughs) So, okay, so the Irish language and Gaelic is what it's called. They don't have a word that has something in like a future tense
1: is that what you're saying so, so they don't have a they don't have a
2: recent past um, like what's an example of an English version of that
1: so um, so like I, I, I just wrapped this
2: oh okay right? I just did and something so,
1: right and so she's asking the question like will you wrap it up for me but she wants to know if it's going to happen right now and so, so that's why she has that after in there because is, is this something you're going to do right now? And the way that mm-hmm. the Irish language marks
2: that is with that um, uh, is with that adverb tarish. Whoa, that's really interesting. Yeah. See, cool. this is why we have Jeff on the on the on the podcast because he's pretty smart, not just a pretty voice, pretty smart. That's right.
1: Um, and so Mr. Humphreys is trying to sell a, a a robe or a dressing gown to a customer and. Uh, the first one, he, he's uh, trying to guess what kind of um, material he wants it made out of. And so the customer's like, well, what do you got? And so Mr. Humphrey says...
2: He doesn't just say the mount. He does a whole thing. So John Inman is the coolest dude ever. And the writers know that he has, a, like... This ability. So, so if you remember, we talked about John Emmon how before and after are being served, he would do pantomime, which is like the British version of like the follies or something. It's like very old school. It's like nursery rhymes and it's like kind of for kids, but it's very traditional. And you know, you like you kind of see it at Christmas time or something, right? I think I've got that right, but. Anyway, it's like lots of cute little wordplay, little poems and cutesy, like Punch and Judy kind of stuff. So when I saw John Inman uh, list the types of materials for the dressing gown, it really struck me as like, oh, he's doing like pantomime stuff, right? So (laughs) this is what he did. I wrote it down. I'm going to try to do it. And it's not easy. And I don't know what half the words are. And I wonder if they made them up. But here we go. So... (laughs) What am I doing? Um, the guy says, well, what kind, of, uh, <laughs> what kind of material do you have? And then Mr. Humphrey kind of gives a sass look. Probably like your great-grandmother, Heidi. And mm-hmm. um, so then he says, well, we have Turkish towel, terry towel tariline and wool. Short calf, calf link. Oh, I messed it up. Short length, calf link. Okay, i me do it <laughs> Turkish towel, terry towel tariline and wool. Short length, calf link, slim fit or full. Alalan Banlon's Shanton Silk or Simulated Seer Sucker. It's like the end of it, kind of like he just, it, it forms like a little cacophony. He just couldn't do it anymore. Simulated <laughs> Seer Sucker. Just the way he says that is so cool. Anyway, C-
1: can you say that again?
2: Turkish Towel, Terry Towel, Tarolina nope. and Wool. Shortleaf, Halfling,
1: <laughs> no. Full Fitter Full. Mr. Banlon's Shantos. I'd rather show you. Yes. Yeah, and so uh, Mr. Lu- Lucas pulls out the rail. Uh, and he, uh, Mr. Humphrey <laughs> shows him the Kung Fu range, um, which is a short little dressing gown that's bright yellow with a big red dragon on it. Um, hot take. Uh, hot
2: take. Is that the same one that he wore in Camping In? No, that one's red. This one's yellow. Mm-hmm. There you go. Same okay. manufacturer. I would. I would. I would uh, pop it.
1: <laughs> so, um, so is this cultural appropriation in today's times? Uh, you know, we see that, um, uh, you know, I, I get quite lost in it when he gets, and he gives like a karate chop to the customer, which gets quite a laugh. It's like, Oh, I just, I I don't know what's come over me. So is that kind of, you know, would that fly in today's company? Would you, uh, in in today's times, would you be able to make that same kind of joke?
0: I think in
2: short, go ahead, Heidi, go ahead.
0: Um, you know, I really don't know. I don't know if, if... I think some people would let it slide. Maybe?
1: Yeah, I, I think so, too. You know, because I, I don't think that he's going as far as to imitate speech or to, like, make fun of a language or a language pattern. You know, it's not certainly when um, we have the, the, the Japanese businessman with the credit card oh, and God, that yeah. whole right. non yeah.
3: Um,
1: so... Uh, I, I think that wearing, you know, a kimono that has a dragon on it, I don't think that that's really cultural appropriation. I think that if he was dressing up like a geisha, I think that would be probably uh, inappropriate in both today's time and, and then some.
2: So. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. When you asked the question, I was thinking, well, if someone was in my office and they were wearing, like, a Japanese kimono and they suddenly want to do karate... I would just think that's just, you're, you're a dumbass, you know, but well, I think, why
1: would anyone in your office be wearing a Japanese kimono?
2: It's my fantasy. I can a fantasize how I want. <laughs>
1: um,
2: but I was thinking like, if someone, you know, like a joke, I try to be funny. I try to tell little jokey jokes, you know, just to kind of have fun with people. If I had, um, you know, cause men wear kimonos, right? So if I had a kimono at a party or something and it was like a kimono party, I don't know. Do people do that? Let's do it. Um, I could see me saying, "You know, I just really want a glass of green tea," wearing this. Like that's doesn't seem offensive, but the fact that when he did the um karate chop and it was like so loud and like awkward, it just felt eh, kind of weird. And you know, right in the, the the days we're in, I'm I'm very sensitive to making fun of people and like being not and being insensitive to other folks and appropriating things. So and it's a good question. I mean, we, you know, we should yep. be asking these kind of things.
0: Well, it yep. makes you kind of wonder, because about that same time, Saturday Night Live had John Belushi doing uh, his Samurai Guy.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all That's those skits. Right.
0: And so I think what Mr. Humphreys did was very minor, was if that makes sense. was definitely
1: a lot tamer, yeah. Yeah,
2: Yeah. because yeah, SNL, I, they like they turn it to 11, like, all the time, don't they?
1: Mm -hmm. yeah
2: but you know that's kind of another thing we talk about on the show is that like the jokes you make like kind of belittling women and you know i I try to be optimistic in saying actually they're trying to point out the hypocrisy and uh, you know there's so many things about the show that are very of the time so i Mm -hmm. think we do a a fairly good job of kind of pointing that out i would hope you know i don't know Yep. yeah so there we go. Anyway, that was my. Thank you for indulging my little my little poem about the Turkish shop. Yeah, Can I do it again? Course. One more time. One more time, please, please. No. Um, so joking.
1: they're they're talking. Yeah, maybe in the closing. <laughs> oh boy! To oh boy! Out, right. <laughs> um, so uh, Mr. Mash is talking to Mr. Rumbold about. Uh, his holiday, which seems a, lo- a little out of character for both of them, because Mr. Rumbold never even wants to deal with MASH. He always has Peacock deal with him. <laughs> yeah. And we don't know why MASH is even in Rumbold's office. He doesn't have a reason to be there. Mm. Uh, and so he's talking about having planning a trip to the seashells. And um, Mr. Rumble says, well, that's a little out of the way for someone of your position. And, and I, I have to agree with him, you know, because... Um, The Seychelles, the airport opened up in 71. So this is 74. So it's still a relatively new destination. Mm. Uh, But it was, if it, today, it's a 13-hour direct flight from Heathrow to the Seychelles. And so I can't imagine there was a direct flight back then. I'm sure you have to stop somewhere in, uh, either in the Middle East or somewhere in Africa. Were
2: the Seychelles part of the British Empire at one point?
1: Uh, French. Oh. Hmm.
2: Yeah. Okay. I love that you know so, that, Jeff. I have We deserve five stars. Can I just say that to our listeners again? <laughs> Excuse me. to the unanimous. Thank you. first time using that.: Five stars, five stars.: Five stars, unanimous. <laughs> uh, and then we have um, a little bit of um, Mrs. Slocum's uh, issues, don't we, don't we, Jeff? What, what does she say?
1: Yeah, she comes in with one of her um, uh, with one of her standby lines. Uh, and actually, Heidi, do you want to take this one? <laughs>
0: Yeah, she comes in saying that uh, her pussy's been locked up for eight hours and I'm afraid it's just not convenient.
2: <laughs> I like that you said that for us. Thank you very much, Heidi. That was, <laughs> we were both like... Uh... I'll take
0: one for the team here. Yay. <laughs> there
1: we go. Um, and so th- they're still complaining about the c- convenience money, which really isn't quite convenient. And they're saying that five pounds just goes nowhere because a loaf of bread costs three shillings. So back to our math lesson from last week. Oh yeah. If there are 20 shillings in a pound, that's 100 shillings. So that's just 33 loaves. But if you figure in that uh, you get two baker's dozens in there, so you're going to get two extra loaves, that's how you get to 35 loaves. Oh my For fun. I can I'd
2: need an Excel for that. I can't. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then Mr. Lucas chimes in with, "Well, it doesn't buy much crumpet either."
2: Which is Cockney rhyming or slang for something. No, it's
1: it's uh, for strumpet, right.
2: For strumpet. trumpet, yeah.
1: Right. And then poor so Mr. Granger's like, for I,
2: <laughs> Mr. Granger's like, I've lost my taste for it. or what is I it? just
1: don't get the enjoyment out of it anymore. Poor <laughs> Mr. Out Granger. Trumpet. <laughs> uh, so Mr. Rumbold announces that there's finally there's a counter offer it turns out that Mr. Grace owns Grace Air Tours and Grace made to measure Continental Holidays so he's going to pay for them to take a holiday at their choice of five resorts and they're going to see slides uh in the boardroom and everyone is so excited that to go is to the boardroom so because cute. they've never been there they before they are so
2: is... what Mr. Granger says this is the best day of my life or
1: something <laughs> yeah. so cute yeah um, and so they all assemble in the boardroom, and Mr. Rumbold starts showing slides, and they start with Torre Maloney in the Costa del Sol, Spain, uh, which has some open-air gay cafes.
2: I like it. Mr. Humphreys... <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: and then there's also activities at the nearby Campo de Sport. I like it even more. Yeah. So we get nice little Camp clips there. Camp gay. It's, yeah. Exactly. Um, and they all seem really excited about it until they actually see the ho- picture of the hotel itself, which is decrepit, right? It yeah. was modernized in 1948. The sophisticated Calypso gourmet grill looks like a Wimpy's cheeseburger stand.
2: I will say what it looks like. It looks like the, um, the cafeteria at an Ikea, but like a bad <laughs> oh, Ikea. No. Like a bad Ikea, like mm-hmm. not very nice. Sorry, Ikea, we love Ikea.
1: Please, uh, Heidi. Please tell us that your coffee shop does not look like the Tory Maloney.
0: It does uh, not.
1: gourmet grill. Okay. It good. does not. Good. 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 <laughs> um, second, we see slides of Portugal to a town called Monte Listeroni, and it looks just like an alley. Right there's just <laughs> laundry. This is a black and white photograph with like laundry hanging uh, over the alleyway. Uh, to which Mr. Rumbold tries to be poetic and describes it. It's waving like
2: flags. What I love about uh, Mr. Rumbold, you have to roll those Rs. Um, when he's, I, I don't know, he, you think that he would have had like another lifetime or another life would have been like a TV announcer? He loves giving color
1: commentary. Yeah, right. and he, mm-hmm. he's just
2: so proud. Um, look down the alleyways while you see drying laundry, which looks like fluttering flags. He's so animated. I love that guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's, a, that's a really good point. Hmm. Um, and so uh, he says it's a one-star hotel, and Mrs. Slocum <laughs> asks uh, <laughs> Mr., uh, Captain Peacock, exactly how good is a one-star
2: hotel? Because he's so earthly, you know, worldly. Things. He's worldwide, yes.
1: yeah. Well, let me put it as this. There is no such thing as a no-star hotel.
2: I think that is one of the classic, like, Humphrey's Ease quotes that you can, like, so, is it a good restaurant? Uh, there's no such thing as a one-star hotel. <laughs> you know? I mean,
1: it's classically British, you know, they they speak in they speak in understatements, right? You know, whereas we'll use the word quite as an intensifier, they'll use it as a diminutive. Anything they can say to, like, get around the point of saying just how bad it is. So there's no such thing as a no star hotel, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And then we get our third option, which is Tunisia again. And as a young American audience, like, why is everyone so fascinated with Tunisia as a potential? vacation hotspot, you know, because uh, uh, when I was first watching the show, this was right around the time of Operation Desert Storm. Oh.
3: And so that
1: whole area, thinking of it as a potential vacation spot, really messed with my you know little mind. There was uh, another English show I was watching at the time called, uh, I think I've talked about it here before, The Secret Diary of Adrian Mole, where Tunisia featured as a vacation spot. So that was just a little weird for me, understanding that people actually went there on holiday.
2: Well, I think Tunisia. I mean, for them, I mean, like, what is that? Uh, What do you say? Like, like an hour drive, an hour drive, um, or an hour flight? You know, I think it's like here. Yeah, it's like a two-hour two-hour flight. Yeah, Yeah. like a two-hour flight. Yeah, like so, like because it's Europe and everything is so close. Like, hey, why don't we go to uh, you know um, Arizona for a week for vacation? That's their Arizona, maybe. I don't know. It's Different, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. So, uh, and so the the, the uh, Mr. Rumbled is showing the slides of City Ben which gets a huge <laughs> laugh from the audience uh, because Ghoulie is British slang for testicles.
2: Oh, I didn't get that. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's yeah, when you get so. that
0: slight sideways glance from Mr. Humphreys.
2: <laughs> oh, I didn't know. I like that. it. I like it.
0: <laughs>
1: Uh, you see those sandals he's wearing, uh, talking about a guy, uh, w- one of the gentlemen in the, the Tunisia photo. Oh, well, they got him in Dulce's, uh, which was a designer shoe shop in London at the time. <laughs> uh, and so thanks to our friends at the Are You Being Served and More website, uh, where I got a little bit of research from and confirmed that.
2: Oh, bit of very nice. So. Very good. Okay. Uh,
1: and then Mr. Rumbold is explaining you know, what to do in the evening and uh, you know, how they eat their meals. And uh, Brandon, you want to give your best Mister Rumbold impersonation about uh,
2: how they have their meals? Um, I will pass. Um, Heidi, do okay. you do, would you like to take
1: or <laughs> or Mrs. Ro- uh, Morris uh reaction to it?
0: Something about uh, sitting on the jibos, toying with their couscous or That's couscous. The one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: couscous. <laughs> yeah, we get that British pronunciation that you know makes it sound that much more dirty. It does mm-hmm. sound dirty. Us you know, <laughs> American, we call it couscous. You know, it's clearly a food.
2: But Well, here's the thing. I'm from the South. So in the South, you don't say curse because you say cuss. even saying the word curse is kind of bad. Right. Uh. So we say cuss. Do you guys say cuss? You Yankees? No. Cuss. I think well, I say well, curse. Curse. Yeah, definitely Maybe. curse. Curse. Ooh, y'all shouldn't cuss. Oh, Yo. I'm telling your mom. <laughs> yeah. Cuss cuss. And it's interesting that uh, Mr. Granger's like didn't know what cuss cuss was, you know, which now I think any person in Britain would like n- cook it themselves. Right. But I guess back in 74, like no one knew what that was. It seems quite I mean, prolific. Exotic. Now. Yeah.
1: I, cer- I certainly didn't know what couscous was until I think I got to university hmm. where you get exposed to a whole bunch of different foods. Because I can tell you that my mom did not make couscous growing up.
2: <laughs> I was uh, there's a little tiny town in Arkansas called Eureka Springs, and I went there once uh, with a boyfriend of mine, and they had um, a burrito with no meat in it, which for me was like what, you know? And it had couscous, um, spinach, and mozzarella cheese and. I think tofu or something and I was like whoa man I'm like in a mountain town <laughs> having tofu burritos man I am living it I was probably like 19
1: <laughs> Total, and, I don't think coast, we're coast, I had anymore. to ask the guy
2: like what is this grain he's like it's couscous man you're welcome
0: <laughs> and it set me
2: on the path I've, I am today you're welcome which is not vegetarianism. Oh, no, no, but just like... Oh, okay. I felt like I was hot shit, that's all. Oh, <laughs> ah, gotcha. Okay. Couscous, that's all you need.
1: There we go. Uh, so needless to say, the staff is not happy with any of these options. Uh, Mr. Grace comes in and says, Well, you know what? I'm just going to give you the money. I'll give you 50 pounds each, and you can book their own, everyone can book their own holiday. They're very happy with that. Um, and then here's the rub. They have to go with the last two weeks of November. Aww. Um, <laughs> and the only one that's happy is Mr. Granger because he knows that there's going to be room at Mrs. Featherstone's.
2: So I don't understand what that means, Mrs. Featherstone's. Is that like a resort or something?
1: So, so Little Hampton is a beachside town in, um, uh, in the south of England, right? Yeah. And everyone wants to go a- away, right? They want to go to Tunisia. They want to go to the Isle of Levant. They want to go to Capri. And it'll be out of season. Like, it won't be warm enough. And Capri or Levant to go, but it's never going to be warm enough in Little Hampton. You can go there at the end of November for just <laughs> to get away. Aww. And so the beachside um, boarding house will be have plenty of occupancy.
2: Yeah, poor Grace Brothers. <laughs> and that was the episode. That was it.
1: That's the episode, folks.
2: I love how Mr. Grace, like the last couple of episodes, like, oh no, big catastrophe. What should we do? Let's try to fix it. And then Mr. Grace at the end is like, eh, never mind. Here's your money. Waves his finger (laughs) and (laughs) just, yeah. Whatever. We won't do the fashion show. Eh, you know. (laughs) It's a TV show, people, right? So um, next week we will be doing um, The Hand of Fate, uh, where Mr. Humphreys can repalm. So that's a fun one. That is a really fun one. And isn't it something like, oh, my mommy taught me years ago. Oh, yeah. You know, all my friends know or something. It's such a cute episode.
1: No, it's a really good one. Um, This isn't. No, never mind. I was going to say this isn't the same one where Mrs. Slocum's um, cat is pregnant, but that gets a whole episode of its own.
2: As, as mm-hmm. Tiddles should deservedly get one of her own. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. So, Heidi, we just want to thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Heidi. Oh,
0: thank you very Yay. much for having me. Yay. Yeah.
2: So, Heidi, would, so- would you like to do the closing statement um, that Mr. Grace would often do at the end before he travels up the stairs and off yes. into the sunset?
0: You've all done very well. Yay.
1: Thank you, Heidi. <laughs> thank
2: thank you. you. Very nice.
1: And so we hope you enjoyed uh, being on the show with us today. Um, I did. And and we we really appreciate you reaching out. Um, And if you want to get in touch with us like Heidi did, there are several ways you could do so. You can get in touch with us on Facebook or on Twitter. Or you can write us an email at e at gmail.com. Or call our hotline at 662 Peacock where all of our workers in northern mississippi are slaving
2: away answering your calls 24 hours a your day orders. 24 they're just sitting there waiting for a call people so so that's
1: 662 peacock or 662 732 2625
2: All right, all right, thanks so much, guys.
0: Yay, thank you. (laughs) Lovely
3: uh, speaking with you, Heidi. Bye, everybody.
2: (laughs) That does suit, madam, is not endorsed by the BBC, but it should be, and it is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Are you being served as a copyrighted program of the BBC, sanitized for your protection? (laughs)